0: Welcome to episode ninety-four of the Often Be podcast. I'm your host Clint, and it is recording this at one forty p.m. on a Thursday, December twenty-third. Uh, typically, I'm not used to recording this time of day, but I guess just another days of our lives. Oh, Jesus! And Uh, According to the Mayans, there should have been an end of those about 12 years ago, on the 21st, I believe, because that's when all the solstice shit happens. And I guess I really, all of our lives are really like a soap opera, because I did just take a shower, and I do sing in the shower. Why is it called soap opera? Why are these shows called soap opera? Because I can honestly say, I know it's not supposed to be literal showering. I don't think I've ever seen uh someone take a shower in the show. There's been some uh, steamy scenes. But you know, how steamy can it really get? By the way, I wonder if uh, Megan is good at eating the booty. Yeah, I'm not going to see the show, but... Got a little wind of it, <laughs> no pun intended. A little blow the air horn, choo choo. <laughs> uh, talk about a uh, talk about the sun cratering. <laughs> Jesus. Anyways, but apparently Megan, uh, or as some of these uh, manosphere guys would say, Megan, no good. <laughs> um, but no, she uh apparently, right after her. Her and her husband of nine years who was like a pastor and all this like conversion, the church and, you know, they were this wholesome, godly couple, right? And now she's uh, eating booty on Amazon Prime. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That's what uh, all the Amazon employees work so hard for. So Megan Good, eat some booty on screen. <laughs> Shout out to the Amazon workers, you know. Who cares if you have air conditioning, they're in air condition, good lighting room, and uh, I guess it's a, you know, that's just their cool down, like on a treadmill, (laughs) after like, uh, you know, you know when you run the actual amount of time that you set on the treadmill, like, oh, I'm going to put 35 minutes. Then you're just running and staring at the screen until it gets to 35 minutes. Like, yes, I accomplished. And it's like, did you? Because we have a five minute cooldown section where the speed will just randomly drop excessively, and you'll probably trip if you're not paying attention. It's actually quite dangerous. Um, I think those cooldown things on the treadmill are highly overrated. I don't think they actually really help with anything. But anyways, so Megan, uh, um, I guess in her show Harlem, I haven't seen it um I haven't even watched the scene. I saw a picture. Um kind of blurred out, but you get the gist. The guy was describing it kind of not like, you know, describing it, but describing the picture of what's happening and then of course he was going into see this is why she's for the streets. This is why he divorced her. He couldn't he couldn't save her. It's like I mean, I don't know. I mean, I will say it's probably um if I had the guess you know, I'm I'm gonna be Mr. Optimistic here. Like, I'm gonna assume that maybe because she took that role and, you know, knowing what was in it, um, that maybe he was like, if you do this, I can't be with someone where my wife is on screen eating another guy's ass or playing with it, right? And she was like, well, this is my job. And he's like, well, I'm going to go to the media and play victim that my wife, who is an actress, who makes money doing this. Even though, I will say, whoever wrote that show and scene, I have no clue anything about the show. But I'm going to say an ass-eating scene, scene's a bit forced, no pun intended. Like, the sex scenes are necessary in movies and shows to kind of like... Uh, it kind of, instead of verbal, instead of having like a 10-minute verbal conversation or argument between two people to understand their love language and stuff, you have a sex scene. And based off what's happening in the sex scene, you could tell someone's happy, why this person cheats with this person, all that shit, right? But this, it's like... I don't know what, quote, unquote, I, I, I want to see what these expert character developments and quotation experts say about, the, well, you got to understand what she's eating the ass. It's a submission to, you know, his submission. It's like, so it really describes her, Uh, really describes her willingness to make a man happy. It's like, all right, you know what? There's other ways you could have shown that. It honestly seemed like a writer's excuse to have a weird fetish, to have a weird uh kink and try to quote-unquote push the envelope unnecessarily and just have a very intimate, odd situation where a guy has his legs spread up and Megan is giving him that good, good. Forget the wop. He was giving her that, uh, or she was giving him that what that wet-ass tongue. What? Like, what does he say? Like, typically, you know, if you're uh, having relations with the gals like, man, this wop is whoppin'. It's like, man, this WAT is wattin'. Like, ah, WAP uh, Jesus, that was so bad. But yeah, it's amazing what acronyms can do for the boy. Um, but yeah. Honestly, look, man, it's her job. Well, it's not her job that you'd ask, but you get what I'm saying. Like I I think it's uh they're using this T V scene to try to make it something about her marriage. And I'm like, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he started getting uncomfortable because he's this unquote cool, cool preacher and shit. But also, what I will say, this dude talks publicly a lot about their relationship, and I only know that because I've because it's been on. Like when I used to go on Instagram, it would always not all the time, but sometimes in the algorithm would be, it be how uh oh this guy saved Megan Good. It's like I mean I didn't know she was that bad, in a bad place. But then you know whatever. Um, it's always weird when preachers can quote-unquote save someone. Um, but, I don't know, I think that's kind of a weird concept, I guess. But, you know, just because someone speaks elegantly and someone speaks the gospel, let's not automatically assume that they're the ones in the right, because at the same time, we don't know why they divorced. We're just making a lot of assumptions based off this, that, and the other. And, honestly, when people get divorced... It shouldn't really be anyone's business, but it turns into people's business when there's money involved. But in this situation, I don't think there's really, like, a money situation, even though she probably makes more than him and stuff like that. But it doesn't look like... Now, here's what I will say. If this man goes after spousal support and shit like that, he's a bitch. Because, you know what? She's not even making that type of... I mean, she she's obviously made a making good living, but she's not making that type of living to be like... Uh, Tom Arnold and Roseanne Where she's making like 50-100 million And if you are accomplished And successful in your own right You should not be taking Another woman's money Like in terms of divorce and alimony And shit like that to me He better not be preaching about this shit About oh And there's also old uh, Footage of him uh, I don't want to say the word Basically in front of an all woman crown saying My woman can wear whatever she wants, blah, blah, blah. And now all the women are cheering, which is like, okay, hey. You know, that's his thing. If he's cool with that, he's cool with that. And now all that shit's coming back to him because now that she wears, I guess she, well, she wasn't wearing anything in the scene, I guess. But since uh, (laughs) she could do whatever she wants publicly, all this, I'm not here to control her. It's like, yeah, you know, until uh, some guy's legs are spread and she's a uh. Give him that old cream cheese across his toasted bagel. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. I just found it. I just think we should. It's not that big a deal. Maybe be a divorce. Um, I, I I think it's just like I don't know. One thing I will say. I wonder if that scene is explicitly no pun intended. Like, you know, like when people get divorced or they break up with someone or someone breaks up with them and their whole, not as, uh, their whole like mantra is to double down on behaviors they were quote unquote restricted from before. So they go above and beyond and start acting. You know, like, and I wonder if like, we wouldn't even, we wouldn't even touch knees more than once a week. And now she's like, fuck it. I mean, ass on screen. Where's Joe Budden when you need screen man? Um, <laughs> that'd be wild if like someone was doing podcasts or so Joe Budden or Joe Rogan would be like, "Screaming, can you pull up that Megan Good eating ass video?" I don't even know if she actually licked it. I don't know if they covered it up or whatever. Where it basically you know what she's doing, but they don't show it. But I don't know, having a maybe something to look into. Not look too deep into, but hey, love is love. But yeah, hey. You know, uh, live free or die hard, I guess. <laughs> oh, Jesus. She was in Think Like a Man, right? The Steve Harvey book movie thingy where they just have an ensemble cast of Gabrielle Union with Turtle. The weirdest fucking, you know, like that. I'm not breaking new barriers here when I say it's the weirdest fucking couple. But honestly, you know, looking back, the the couple dynamic does make sense in a weird way, right? Because he's just like, he's considered, I guess, just like kind of, you know, I don't want to say bum, but he plays video games a lot. He doesn't seem motivated. He doesn't seem like he's driven. She's a very driven person. She's moving up the ladder socioeconomically, and he's just kind of there. She's starting to worry that there's not even going to be a dynamic or respect. And you kind of see that dwindle. And then, you know, eventually I guess he may get a... I forgot exactly. I I haven't really seen, like, all the movies. But I've seen most of parts on TV and stuff. But uh, all I can think about is a John Legend song. Where it's like... Tonight? And it came on my playlist yesterday. While I was... Listened to while I was working on stuff. And I thought it was just. Tonight, tonight. And it was just this beautiful like. Oh, John Legend did it again, right? And then I listened to the lyrics. I'm like, holy fuck. This guy's a freak. You know, when you think of John Legend. You're not thinking of. Uh, I should say, when you think of John Legend. You're thinking of Wholesome. You're thinking Josh Groban like. You're thinking of very Dan and Shay-ish, you know. Uh, I'm speechless. Which by the way, how come they haven't done a duet to you? John legend and Dan and Shay? That would actually kinda work. Dan plus Shay plus John. D D S J. That sounds like a sounds like the Wall Street Journal or sounds like the Atlanta Journal Constitution. Um but yeah. But yeah. Uh I guess John's a motherfucking legend. And every day, he deals with Chrissy Tigg and repping. Um, but, yeah. It's, um... I listened to the lyrics, and I don't remember the lyrics verbatim, but I stopped what I was doing for a second. And I rewound it a couple. I was like, Jesus Christ, John. He just snuck some weird shit in there. Like, he put, like, bed strokes, bad strokes, breaking the bed. It's like... This is a weird instrumental this is a weird type of a uh, cadence to throw those uh throw those butterfly stroke references in it's like oh okay John I get it and then the next verse he's kind of deepening into it and I'm like okay just when you think you know a guy I'll just go fuck myself uh, but yeah shout out to John legend um. Sorry about the ice, but on the microphone, but something needs to cool this mouth down, you know, from the icy hot <laughs> I'm eating, making good <laughs> sorry this is i I don't know why that shit like really I'm not gonna look up the video. it just like I found out about it, and I couldn't and i and I listened to a couple videos of. Of course, like, oh, she needs to be saved, and I'm like, alright, man, like, it, I was, like, to me, this, uh, that is definitely a forced thing, like, you know, does sex need to be in movies and shows? Yes, like, uh, I'm sorry to break it to you, if you have a problem with it, uh, I mean, there's TV rings to tell you what's in it, based off the show type, you know, you know what time it is. All right, man. Like Game of Thrones, like everyone knew what time it was. It wasn't to tell this beautiful story about some ancient whatever the fuck. It was because you wanted to watch Jason Momoa get nude in the ancient times with some girl with a blonde wig and fuck the shit out of her, man. I mean, talk about Aquaman. Uh, I guess that's how we trained for Aquaman. Oh Jesus! But anyways, bullet man. Um. When you're watching TV or movies, you need to throw your morals, you need to throw your standards out the window, like, it's over with, man, like, if you have such high morals and standards where this shouldn't be on TV, this shouldn't, this should, this shouldn't, then you probably just shouldn't watch TV, which I guess now, as you grow older, it kind of makes sense why parents like, I don't let my kids watch TV. But then at the same time, all those people that grow older, their parents did not let them watch TV. You know what happens? They grow older and they hate their parents for not letting them watch TV. Because once they find entertainment, they like go down this 20 hour a day rabbit hole. Anytime you were completely restricted something from a young age, when you get older, you're going to at least go through like a phase of a year, two or three years where you just dive deep into it and you get lost in it. Because it's like you, you feel like you got to make up for lost time instead of managing it at a young age or understanding what it is. Like, oh, you know, this is some casual. This is something you do in your free time. This is something you do when you want to wind down. This is something you do after you do your shit for the day. You know, you don't start your day with this and middle day with it. Like, nah, no, you basically fucked your day up. But when you don't have that type of pre-knowledge to it, yeah, that's when you get people that are fucked up from it. Also, understand the obsessiveness of if you watch too much at a young age, it fucks shit up for you too. But hey, um, but look, I don't, I don't give a fuck about when people say, oh, you know, this shouldn't be in movies. There's too much murder. It's too much of this. It really, uh, it really, it really uh, visualized violence to the youth. It makes them want to do shit. It's like you know what? If your kid watches. A movie that is about like a terroristic act, or is about a bank heist, or is about the mafia, about this, about any basically any a lot of Quentin Tarantino films. If you let your kids watch Kill Bill and they go out and start doing Kill Bill shit, that's more of a parenting problem. The fact that one, there's ratings on it, if it's rated R. And your 12-year-old kid sneaks into a movie theater. Well, one, what is he supposed to do about it? He can't control every movie theater. That's the theater company's fault for just like, ah, fuck it, let him watch it. Or, it's your fault for letting your kid go by a movie theater by himself and thinking he's not going to be interested in sneaking in to see the biggest movie of that Bill in time, which was probably Kill Bill. It's like, you really thought your kid wanted to go see fucking Greenlander? Well, that doesn't make sense because they came out way different times. But you get what I'm trying to say. You think your kid went there to watch The Incredibles? Well, I don't know. The Incredibles is actually a pretty decent film. But you get what I'm saying. You think when you dropped him off to watch The Polar Express, he was actually going to just go watch The Polar Express if you weren't going to advise him while he's with his friends? No. And be like, "Ooh, let's watch Uma Thurman." Uh, Fall out, boy. Um, but yeah, I never understand when people say it's TV's fault, it's movies' faults, it's entertainment's fault for why my child or for why my someone close to me has did a shitty thing or has built bad habits from it. I understand the power of marketing, right? Like, one thing I've gained a little bit of sympathy for, and I really don't think it's that much different from today and back then in terms of advertisement marketing and how it actually affects you, marketing and commercials, right, for smoking. Smoking, marketing used to be, like, as much as fast food nowadays. Like, if you go any YouTube advertisement or if you just watch cable TV, like, 20% of the commercials are just Burger King, McDonald's, Wendy's, and they're just cool, clever commercial puns and all this shit, right? It's cool. Imagine replacing all of those with cigarette companies. Well, that's how it was in the 1960s and 70s, except not only were there less commercials, there were less channels, which means... The 20% was probably more like 25 or 30%. And 30% of what everyone's watching reaches a lot more people. So, you know, when you see like older individuals with a lot of smoking addiction stuff, you realize like, oh, they were engaged at a young age that this is cool, because they were advertising like the Marvel Man, they were advertising like this is cool, like there's literally a brand of cigarettes called Cool with the Um, which by the, ironically not cool to me um, <laughs> but when you understand the advertisement went in, and then once they quote unquote oh, after like 30 40 years of them in like the 80's and 90's, we're like hey Are you guys going to tell people that this causes cancer? And they're like, I mean, if we have to. (laughs) I mean, I guess we legally have to. But, you know, they are. So, I guess we have to put disclaimers and notices. This can cause cancer. It's like, well, people are already 12 years in, bro. People are already addicted. All right? Like, and if you really cared about the health and they went through the whole health thing and all that... And basically, like, hey, you just got to patch a label. No pun intended for the patch. But, and it's all good. They didn't stop the, they didn't stop selling them. They didn't make less and less. Because if they really cared about the health of individuals, they would have maybe not realistically stopped cold turkey, but maybe reduce, reduce the pace of what they're being made at like industrial wise and then like in five years all industrial uh use of it will be gone but then you probably get situations of hoarding like they did for toilet paper a year ago where you just have people hoarding some but eventually once they're used they're used and people sell whatever for a brief period of time and then it's gone and then although you may be able to save the next generation from being addicted but no Too much fucking money in it. That's why when you hear people talk about they need to care, like, I don't think entertainment, I don't think companies need to care about your health or well-being. It's like, look, if you go to Burger King, you've already made a decision. Your decision was made long before you walked in that door. If you have a heart attack at Burger King halfway through eating a Whopper, hey, man, um, I'm not saying that it's your fault. What I am saying is, you haven't been really helping the cause. Um, but it, it's, um, you know, because I was thinking about the cigarette comparison to today with fast food. And now we have an obesity, we have an epidemic of really just eating terrible food. Barely even qualifies as food. Um, and don't think just because an FDA thing is attached to something. It actually means it's worthy. All it means is like, I mean, you know, you could put it in your mouth and chew it. Now, once it swallows down, you know, we can't detect that. But it's like, hey, you can chew it. It's like, I mean, you should be really worried if something is not FDA approved. But don't be thinking just because something has an FDA approval that it's actually, whew, we're in the clear. Because you may or you may not be. But, you know, I was thinking, like, imagine being... Because a lot of people, young minds are perpetuated. They're easily manipulated. They're easily convincible. That's why Catholic Church... Sorry, not going to go there. But you you get where I'm going with that. Young kids can be convinced, manipulated. That's why I think... uh, That's why I think, you know, personally... I'm not saying religion. I'm not, but I do think... Uh, teaching religion at a very very young age where it's taught upon you like it's school like geometry like you need to learn this it's like you know that could be very that could be very troubling because you're it's such a big it's such a big lifestyle thing it's such a big mindset you are placing on a three-year-old a four-year-old And when you place someone's trust in something, they assumed everything and everyone and every single facet attached to this is trustworthy. Because that's what you would think. Unfortunately, there's always going to be terrible people that take advantage of that. People that try to profit. There's people that try to use religion for personal power greed. They try to use religion for personal... um, satisfaction, let's just say, they use it for power and manipulation, and that would be one of my biggest, I would never not want my kid to be have faith or nothing, but I would be very apprehensive to just throw them to Sunday school and Sunday church and all that and just trust them to instill values in my kid because you know I mean unless you have a history with the church but people change her but I'm, I'm not even trying to make this about religion I just think religion is so powerful it can be so powerful it can be so life-changing for mostly positive in people's lives in that anything that is that gravitational anything that could make you feel as such can also make you look past a lot of irrational and BS stuff and justify a lot of stuff. Like people like um I was actually talking to someone and I always joke about and it's nothing to joke about with the Catholic Church because I believe Spotlight is generally one of my favorite movies. That and the social network are like two of my favorite movies in like recent five, ten year history that I can think of. Like they're movies that I don't rewatch movies at all. I really don't. But they're one of the few ones I could rewatch. And, one, because Aaron Sorkin for, air like, the dot it just, it's fascinating. It's captivating. It keeps you interested. But with Spotlight, it's the fact that you you almost forget that this is a true story in pretty recent history, like early 2000s. And the strenuous and the death that went to, this wasn't just one, this wasn't just the Midwest, the Northeast, wasn't just half the country. This was worldwide. And then to put it in perspective, you watch the whole movie and you're like, holy shit, this is fucked up. The abuse, the cover-ups, the sending priests around. Then at the end of the film, they show these credits of all the cities and states. And then I want you to find the state in the area you live in or the nearby area that you live in. The areas you've driven through recently. And just find that. And realize when you go in those areas, the power of religion is everywhere. The power of anything that can capture your mind and really make you blind to some things. It possibly happened to someone you knew and a family member you knew. Like I remember seeing there was one in uh, Marietta. There was one in Canton, Georgia. There was one in Ackworth. I believe Kennesaw. It could be. It was the Ackworth or Kennesaw. But this, like all of that metro Atlanta area. And in Georgia, it was pretty in depth. But it was all states. So, it's stuff like that. And you realize for this to happen at this scale, it's because there is a consistent theme that whatever is being taught and whatever is ingrained with this, with these teachings, it's ironically it covers up a lot of nonsense. It it makes you um, as much as I believe that faith is necessary in, in ways. You know, I, I one of my pitfalls within one things I struggle with about faith when I look like getting deep. Um, one thing that struggle about it is, what if I get too far into faith, and I lose a little bit of grasp of what's right and wrong, in reality. You know, because sometimes with faith in general, this isn't even like religious specific, but sometimes when you rely too much on faith, in my opinion, it really, it really um. It really doesn't, it really makes you ignore the worst aspects of yourself because it's just forgiveness. And I believe forgiveness is necessary for a lot of things, but I don't think, I'd say that back, I don't think forgiveness is necessary. I think forgiveness, it will make your life easier if you believe in it. But I don't believe in forgiving things or forgiving people that you don't really forgive because I believe lying to yourself, you can. Verbally lie to yourself, but you can't really lie to yourself, you know And you're really just trying to make life keep going You're just trying to make life easier because you feel like you got to deal with people in certain ways Like if you if you found out something about your cousin, right? Let's say your cousin you found out did some really terrible shit with children Do you have to forgive him, just because uh, you know, we're gonna be or you know, we go over to their house for Thanksgiving every couple of years. It's like actually I don't and actually I'm not gonna go for Thanksgiving. I'm not I'm not saying I don't know if there's anyone, whatever. But you get the point. Like I believe people will justify things because of the convenience it will make their life a little bit easier, I guess. And it will bring them quote unquote peace of mind, even though they're the most unpeaceful people and they carry this burden with them, right? Wow, I feel Jeez, I did not want to rant about this stuff, but, anyways, back to the marble man and smoking cigarettes. Uh, I understand when people say, "Oh, it, it can it can make kids do things they wouldn't do." It's like okay, but at the same time, if your kid hasn't learned, like, if you haven't least taught your kid that, hey, what you see on TV. It's not real a lot of this shit's fan fi- a lot of this shit's fiction. you have to tell your kids what they're watching and what to watch out for and what to take serious and what not to take serious. then you know what? Maybe they shouldn't just watch TV yet. I think a lot of this stuff is parenting issues and it's really like World when people blame uh movies and shows for why their kids repeat those things. it's really an excuse for them to not be doing their job or to not be parenting or to just point blame and excuses it's like well okay let's say that is true let's say they saw that and they did do it um if your kid cannot differentiate to why do you even have cable or tv in your house and don't say it's not realistic you know what if you truly give a fuck about your kid and shit like that and you know your kid is one bad thing that hypersensitive to any little thing will trigger him. No pun intended. To do something they shouldn't do, then it's kind of your job to be ahead of that shit and to try to, quote unquote, set an environment or send him to psychotherapy, send him to a mental institute. You know, put him in a straitjacket if he's that like because it's bound to happen. And it's to blame everything, but the environment you set up, right? And it's really like that also with the people, the 12-year-olds, the, the parents that sent their 12 and 13-year-olds to a Travis Scott concert, not doing any research of what a Travis Scott concert is like. He didn't send them to a Josh Groh, you raise me up, and then someone moshes just pitch you. Like, nah. Like, Travis Scott music is literally designed for exactly what his concert is. Not people dying, but you know. And there's obviously a security issue that happened there. But to sit there and point the blame at someone just because he's a central figure, even though it doesn't really have much to do with what happens in the security of the audience. People are going to do what they want to do. People are drugged up. It's a festival. People get people do drugs at festivals. We're going to ignore that. We're going to ignore that you sent your kid to a fucking festival. And you're surprised That people did things on those type of drugs that they did on drugs. Some of them passed out. Now, there's a whole thing where some dude was running around with a needle just, like, inserting people. That's a whole different situation. But how is that on Travis Scott? Travis Scott didn't send a JFK single shot theory out in the audience and, like, And be like, hey. At least I don't think he did. Which, I don't think he would do that. I don't even know why I would bring that up. (laughs) But... It um it, it just seems it's just a built-in excuse culture. And it's not excusing what happened, but the people in the audience doing this shit, the people who actually act on the things, are the ones that should be held accountable. You sent your kids and or people that are old enough to voluntarily go themselves. They went to those concerts to have a ruckus environment, to have a very aggressive environment. I'm not saying that aggressive, but hey, you know, if you get thrown into a lion's cage, I mean, if you don't get attacked, good on you. If you leave with a couple scratches and marks, that's probably more likely the scenario. But you know what's also a chance? He might eat your fucking head off, even if he is trained. Dogs, animals can be trained all they want. They still have those instincts in them. That's still like, fuck you. When you play around too much, right, Jesse with Harley? Fuck you, Jesse. But, um, yeah, you throw a basketball at a dog's nose, so of course it's going to fucking bite your face off. You throw basketball at my face. I'm going to bite your face off. And I don't have a tendency to bite people's faces off. But it's, it, you know, it's really just, hey, Since I'm not a good enough parent, I'm going to blame the guy on stage who's hundreds of feet away from all this shit happening. He's just playing his music, which sets an environment for people to do things. Then you know what? Then we should just not have concerts. Honestly. We just shouldn't. No, don't sit here and be like, oh, well, it's got to be this perfect environment. You know what, man? The whole point of concerts is that it's not a perfect environment. It's kind of what makes it interesting. If you want a perfect environment... Go to a fucking Broadway play. Go to a soap opera. Well, not a soap opera. Go to an opera. Go to a theater where you sit down. Everyone's quiet. Everyone's dressed up. Everyone claps when they're supposed to clap. Go to one of those if you want that type of environment. Or go to a very mellow concert. Not to a fucking Travis Scott concert. And this is not saying it's okay That the tragedy happened. What I am saying is these parents want to sue and blame a central figure. If you want to blame the security and all this shit, fine. But let's not completely neglect blame from the people who are actually in the audience. Who actually contributed to people dying, trampling over, drugging, whatever the fuck happened out there. Let's not put them off the hook and make all of them seem victims as well. We we have this thing where if I'm an audience member, I'm automatically a victim no matter what happens to me. It's like, I mean, you shouldn't be elbowed in the face, but hey, like incidental contact. You know what's funny is that there's all these mosh pits in, you know, heavy metal and rock concerts, right? No one... You know, obviously, there's probably been injuries and reported deaths and stuff like that. But no one after one of those concerts is like, Oh, Jesus, it just went off. The- I don't know what happened. It's like, nah, we, we kind of know what happened. It took a little too far. And the people held accountable probably need to be held accountable. It's a pretty straightforward, sad situation. People are drunk. People are doing shitload of fucking coke. And, yeah, people's heartbeats stopped. People got ran over. By a reindeer. Nah, talk about a red nose. Coke. um. Walking over my house Christmas Eve. Wait, that's tomorrow. You can say there's no such thing as Santa. But that's what Travis Scott and his tragedy would believe. That's pretty fucked up to say. But hey. Uh, and I feel like it's one of those things where you, you see um people that cover music. In their podcast and stuff. They're really. They can't say it. Because they always got a preference. Every five seconds. Shout out, You know. We want to send our condolences. To the people that try. It's like yeah. You know what. That goes without saying. I don't need your preference. I don't need your constant reaffirmation. That just by the way. Just so everyone knows. We are sorry for everyone that tried. And. And maybe it's a deeper discussion. On security and safety of concerts in general. But. You know. Then just ban certain things and concerts from happening. Because make it where no one could be on anyone's shoulder, make it where no one could touch each other, shit like that. Because it's, you're asking what, hundreds of security guards to manage 80,000 fucking people? Why is it on security guards? Why is it on individual? Like, at a certain point, not only are you outnumbered, it's unrealistic. It is put in it is having an automatic built-in blame and assumption and having a built-in excuse when shit hits the fan no matter what actually happens out there. And that's what you see with kid that's what you see with TV with what's happening on TV stuff happening in movies people saying my kids are watching this my kids went to a Travis Scott concert my kid went to my kid watch uh this girl get raped in a movie it's like well, I mean, it said in the description of the rating, there is a violent rape scene in here. Yeah, but, you know, why is it in here? It's like, should have checked the rating. You saw it's rated R. Check the description. My son saw this girl get raped. It's like, well, it's a movie, so she 99.9% didn't really get raped on set. I'm going to. Give the benefit of doubt there. And two, it's on the fucking description. It tells you. You know, nowadays, you can even, for ratings, you can literally go on like IMDB. Not only look at the ratings, but they'll have a parent's guide. Where you can literally see every, it'll tell you how many F words. How many curse words. Is it severe? Is it mild? Is it moderate? The amount of curse words. How severe is the drugs? How severe is uh, drug use in this movie? How severe is sex scenes? How severe is the frightening? How severe um, is... Even, like, if you have epilepsy and there's constant flash, it'll give you warning, like, hey, there's a lot of flash. Like, it's so broken down where you kind of already can prepare for what's going to happen in a movie. Before even seeing it, it's like... There's almost, there's almost no excuse to sue a movie because of something in it. It's, it's absurd to me. So, you know what? Let rape scenes happen in movies. Let, uh, let ass-eating happen anywhere. Um, I don't know what I would do if I walked into a Target bathroom and on one of those automated sinks. Where, you know, the hand motion thing doesn't always work and every six seconds you gotta do the hand motion just to wash the fucking cheap ass soap off your fucking hands. I just walked in there, some girl was eating some guy's ass and his legs were spread open like War Eagle. Which by the way, shout out to Bo Nicks for transferring to Oregon. Apparently Oregon fans are mad. Um, I don't know why, but they're mad. But what the fuck do I know? Alright, time for the unwarranted wisdom section, even though I feel like I just gave you forty two and a half minutes of wisdom, but hey, what's a what's another one gonna do? Okay. Alrighty. <sighs> Let me think of some bullshit, because that's what all these quotes do. For those who seek revenge Is for those who seek Forgiveness But disguised in such a way Where you can be judged By deceptiveness Where you can be judged By anger And you could be judged off One action that makes your image different for the rest of your days. Moral of that, don't make impulsive decisions. Don't let anger, don't let resentment dictate how you deal with others. Don't let resentment... fuck your way of living most importantly i would say eat them by the booty nah but seriously uh but nah anyways but yeah unwarranted wisdom uh don't for you don't have to forgive forgiveness is highly overrated forgiven just to say you forgive just for whoever and everyone involved, highly overrated. But just move, just move on. You know, if you like, if you really one of those that just want to seek revenge and want to get back at someone, you're already lost. You're not gonna get it. There's nothing you could do to seek revenge on someone. If someone did some or acted towards you in such a way where you are trying to equal, trying to level the playing field. It's not really going to happen there's because whatever they did, it, it hits you to a point where when you do it back to them, it's not even gonna they're not even going to feel half of what you felt, right? Because they know why you did it, and the hardest part of being hurt or being resentful is the questioning of why. But when you know why, you just, eh, alright. I don't want to say shrug it off, but you just kind of, you take it for what it is. It's not as personal, whatever the hell it is. But it's when you sit with yourself and still struggle with not knowing why. And you become resentful and you become a person you don't want to be. I'm not even talking about myself, actually. Just giving out wisdom here unbiased wisdom you're welcome um but yeah don't seek revenge because the biggest revenge is just keeping it moving and sucking some titties that'll really help you get over it a lot so just suck some titties all right guys that's episode 94 the often beat podcast it'll probably be maybe put out later today probably tomorrow morning whenever the fuck i get around to it so yeah Have a great day, and, uh, yeah, like and subscribe, all the bullshit that no one's here for at this point, and suck some titties, and boom. Still didn't look into the camera for 98% of it, I really forget that there's a fucking camera there, Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus.